Happy Friday, Tanner fans! Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. The only Full House slash Fuller House podcast out there right now. Right off the top, I'd like to let you, the listeners, know where you can go to follow along with the podcast. To find out about upcoming episodes, get shoutouts on the podcast, and by, uh, by answering trivia questions, and also where you can email the podcast. At Facebook, Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Instagram, OMHCFHFH podcast. Gmail, OMHCFHFH podcast at gmail.com. And at Twitter, OMHCFHFH podcast. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or follow on SoundCloud so you don't miss an episode. Just go to Apple Podcasts and search All My Lanta or Holy Chalupas and the podcast will pop right up. If you're enjoying the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. All the reviews the show gets helps it get noticed by other Full House, Fuller House fans like yourselves. Today I'm going to be covering... Fuller House Season 1, Episode 3, entitled The Not-So-Great, The Not-So-Epic Escape, which aired on February 26th, 2016. Actually, no, I think that's wrong. It's The Not-So-Great Escape. Yes, I'm sorry. It is entitled The Not-So-Great Escape. Ramona has Jackson trip the fire alarm at their school so she can get out of class and ditch it. The plan is successful, except it results in Jackson getting punished by DJ and Ramona receiving no, receiving no punishment at all. And of course, this is actually plot A, whereas Max and getting his puppy is plot B, even though that's really what I wanted to focus on this episode. And just call this the puppy fever theme. Because we had the Tanners getting Comet in the last, in the Full House episode, and they call it Puppy Love. So before I officially dive into this episode, I'd like to give a shout out to some podcast listeners. Muskegon, Michigan, Denmark, Oxnard, California, Virginia, Switzerland, Tampa, Florida, Switzerland, United Arab Nation, uh, Emirates, Brazil, Romania, Ukraine, and Norway. Thank you all for listening to, to the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Coming up for the month of May, I have... <laughs> Since we do kind of associate May with school year is really winding down, coming to an end, is the last full official month of the school year. I thought, you know what? You know what also comes in May, right? Prom, and then eventually, you know, graduation for those that are graduating, going on to college. Or maybe if you have a graduation, you're graduating from, like, preschool into kindergarten or upper elementary school. I thought, why not do this? This is just sounds like such a fun theme. So we have... Two prom episodes, one from Full House and one from Fuller House. And then we have two graduation episodes, both from Full House. 
So we have season, from season six, episode 22, prom night, where Steve and DJ, she goes to his prom. He ends up getting crowned king, spoiler alert, with his ex-prom king and prom queen, of course, is going to be his ex-girlfriend, Rachel. And then we have Fuller House, season four, episode 12, so it's the most recent season with the prom, where... Jackson and Ramona go to prom with their prospective dates, and Jackson ends up hurting his girlfriend Rocky's feelings by saying something insensitive about how she looks to his little, his jock buddies. And also, we have The Graduates, season four, episode 25, where Michelle graduates preschool DJ graduates from junior high, and Stephanie cries and whines about the fact that because she's going from fourth grade to fifth grade, she doesn't get a graduation, so the family throws her a pity graduation to make her happy. And then we have, from season six, episode 19, Full House, Subterranean Graduation Blues. Jesse is graduating from night school, finally getting his diploma. There is a big continuity error there. Because technically, Jesse already graduated. So anyway, we hear that from the One Last Kiss episode where he goes to his 10-year high school reunion. He would not be going if he didn't graduate. So anyway, the family, Michelle suggests, let's all go on the subway because unfortunately, because they're such a big family, they'd have to split up and go in two cars. Michelle's like, it's better for the environment if we ride the subway. The family's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go do that. And of course, what happens? They're on the subway train. Electrical technical issues happen, and Jesse ends up missing his graduation. Spoiler alert. Yeah, so it's definitely, I got fun, lots of fun plans for Things coming up in the summertime, a bunch of Fuller House, Full House, summer-themed episodes all summer long. It's going to be great. We're going to get The House Meets the Mouse Parts 1 and 2, where they go to Disney World. We're going to get Max's Sing Along, The Best Summer Ever, which I love that song. I don't know why. I could not get it out of my head after I first heard it. So, we have the girls going to summer camp in the season seven opening. So, a lot, a lot of fun things. A lot of fun things planned for the majority of summer. September, we have the back to school month. October's going to be the Halloween month. November, you know, and then of course you get November, December are gonna be your holiday months too. So lot, lots of fun. The the basis of this year is planned out. And then of course next year I'm thinking I want to do like a wedding thing. I want to do Jesse and Becky's relationship, all, like all their their episodes from their first meeting to when they almost get married and re in um at the Alibaba wedding chapel and hotel 
just to, to other parts and stuff like that. There is also a theme of breakups. There's a theme of uh, best friends, like the Kimmy and DJ's relationship is best friends. You know, possible serious episodes where there are issues being learned, stuff like a lot of a lot of things. This is just that's on the docket for 2020. So, all right, let's jump into this episode. I'm excited. Um, I follow the uh, Golden Retriever Michigan um, Facebook pay group. Actually, I don't have a Golden Retriever, but I just, I, I follow it because I hope one day to have a Golden Retriever. And a St. Bernard. Um, all right, let's get into this episode. Um, at the end of the episode, I do plan to do, I want to start doing book reviews on this podcast. And I'll save those to the end, so that way if those of you out there who either don't read or really could care less, that way you don't gotta, like, cycle through it until I'm done. So, that way it gives you a choice. Like, either you can listen to it or you're done. All right, all right, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's get into this Puppy Fun Field Escapated episode. Got a lot of different storylines between Max and Ramona. Or uh, Ramona and Jackson with their school escapade. We got Max and him picking out his puppy. We have Stephanie who's got her thing going on with... um, you know, watching baby Tommy and just the escapades that happen with that. It's it's going to be a great time. All right. Oh, my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Holy Chalupa. Holy Chalupa. <laughs> Whatever happened to you, Guys, I am not on the ball today. I am sorry. I just woke up at 9 o'clock. It's, like, going on quarter to 10 now. Um, This is not episode 3. Episode 3 is Funner House. This is episode 4, The Not-So-Great Escape. Ugh, with it. I'm trying to wake up. I got my Diet Coke here waking me up. Trying to, at least. Why is the sunlight not pouring through the blinds? Probably because it's not sunny out right now. We're actually expecting some possible snow. This late in April, in Michigan, we're expecting a little bit of snow. Not much, but still. I don't think I've ever... I don't remember ever a time there being that a chance of snow this late in April. This is like the last official week of April. But anyway, alright. I just wanted to point out that uh, error... The episode number. And I forgot to do all the stuff on IMDb. This episode's got a 7.6 out of 10 rating based on 513 ratings. Uh, Directed by Katie Gerritsen, writer Jeff Franklin, and Andrew Gottlieb, written by, and Joe Vargas, a staff writer. Paulina Diaz, staff writer also. Uh, oh, is this a, ooh, ooh. Uh, The Great Escape, title reference, Game of Thrones. Max says, we're not allowed to watch Game of Thrones. Well, Max, I hear ya. I, I, uh, <laughs> I saw the first episode. I still have, I'm up to season five, 
I get them every Black Friday. I get a season of Game of Thrones. I want to collect them all and then watch them. So I, and each year it seems like they release the newest season. So I think I got a couple more to go, a couple more years to go before I get the rest of them. Maybe two or three years. So, because they sell them for like $10. And I know those season sets are normally like, fifty dollars or more so i'm like all right yep i will watch them one day i did see the first episode i rented it from the library years ago and i'm like whoa yeah max uh you would not be watching this show it's very uh not just violent but really uh rated m Jackson and Ramona, this is some trivia. Jackson and Ramona attend Van Atta Middle School. Don Van Atta was an executive producer on Full House. Not to mention, DJ also went to uh, Van Anna Junior High. And then, of course, in high school, she went to Bay, uh, Bayview. First appearance of John Brotherton, Dr. Matt Harmon. That's right, DJ does meet her boss's son, Dr. Matt Harmon, who is also a veterinarian. Stephanie has an odd look on her face after Jackson talked about erupting his volcano, implying he was doing something inappropriate. I, I like these little things that they toss out here, that maybe kids may or may not get it. If you're a teenager, you might get it. Oh yeah, here's a quote. As Jackson come down, comes down the stairs, Whew, I'm exhausted. I was up all night erupting my volcano. Stephanie Tanner. Whoa, dude, TMI? <laughs> TMI indeed, Steph. So we don't have any reviews for this episode. I don't even, I don't, They. there might be some reviews on the show. I might just, like, read a user review later on, so we'll see. Have I said how much I love this theme song? Because I love this theme song. Now, right away, we cut into the kitchen. We center on Stephanie, who is feeding baby Tommy, who is sitting in his high chair. And he is constantly looking up at the ceiling. Well, basically, um, what the baby is looking at, what either Dashiell or Fox is looking at, is the boom mic, because it's got to catch, you know, Stephanie's dialogue. So he's constantly looking up at this thing floating like right above his head. So I love how they kind of wrote that observation into the show as Stephanie is like looking up like what are what what are we looking at? It's almost like she thinks, "Oh, he's tricking me. He's getting me to look up and there's nothing there." So I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> DJ, like, this is exactly what he does. He looks, gets me to look up. I see there's nothing there. And then he looked at me like I'm nuts. And of course, DJ's like, uh, Stephanie, I think you're losing it. So Kimmy comes down the stairs. She's, hey, best friend. Hey, sister wife, as she looks at Stephanie, which 
funny reference. I'm surprised this wasn't in the connections of that show Sister Wives. I love Stephanie's retort here as she looks at Kimmy and says, I want a sister wife divorce. I gotta say, Stephanie is looking very, very nice. She's got this gold necklace that is like, it's almost like um a gold plated type. Gosh, it's so hard to really describe, but... It's almost like um, one of those, like a little mini armor plate thing that's like maybe three or four inches long, but it's pretty cool. I'll take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. So Kimmy just looks at Stephanie with these this sultry expression like, honey, don't fight it. It's your destiny to spend your entire life with me. And she kisses Stephanie on the face, on the cheek. And Stephanie's like, I'm gonna go back over here to Tommy. And DJ, this whole time, is uh, behind the kitchen counter. She's getting the boys their lunches together. Which These are pretty decently sized brown bags. I never brought a brown bag lunch to school, but if I did... It, the bag would have been a lot smaller, like probably half the size of that. Like the bag I used was small. This is more than likely like a medium to large size brown bag. So I like what they're doing here on the show that they're promoting healthy kids lunches as DJ's like, Hey, I'm making the boys their lunches. Do you want me to make Ramona a turkey wrap as well? She also threw in, it's a brand name called David's. They're either sunflower seeds or sunflower kernels. Which don't they have, have like iron in or, or um, calcium or protein or something in them? I actually just started um, getting these Hormel brand um, either pepperoni or Italian little flatbread wraps. They're only, they're under $2 and... They're really, really good. I'm sure eventually I'll get... I just started really eating them just this week. So I'm sure eventually I'm going to get sick of them. I'm also... I got the Jimmy Dean. Um, It's got like little ham bitlets and then little cheese cubes. And then it also has a hard-boiled egg, which is really yummy. So I got to say about Kimmy's outfit here. It's a really nice baby blue... Uh, flower print fabric that's over um, some stretchy material. While I'm not a fan of the shirt, I am, however, a fan of her cheetah print handbag and her belt buckle, or her belt is the same exact, um, just it coordinates with, with the, the purse and the belt buckle. It's really cute. So here we're going to see that Kimmy and DJ both have different parenting styles when it comes to their kids' school lunches. DJ is making, you know, putting in, you know, carrot sticks um, and, you know, turkey wraps, sunflower seeds, whereas Ramona's like, oh, I'll just give uh, my daughter, like, 20 bucks, and she can... School lunches, I'm sure today, are vastly different from when I went to school. In junior high, I believe it was, what was it, elementary school? It was a, like a buck thirty-five for a lunch ticket. And in high school, it was a buck fifty 
a lunch ticket. Actually, no, wait. <laughs> no, elementary school was a lunch ticket. We wait in line before school started. We get our lunch ticket. Then we go to class. In high school, you basically show up with your cash. You actually do. I think it was even in junior high. You would get, like, your student ID card. And you could just swipe your card. And you'd get up to a $3 limit. Like, say you forgot your lunch money and everything. So, they let you go, like, a couple days, but then you would owe, and of course, yeah, I had a habit of owing, <laughs> like, the $3 max limit, I would hit it, like, you cannot charge anything else until you pay this off, like, eh, okay. So, I don't know, I mean, kids probably have a lot more options, you know, the one thing I hated in junior high, pizza day was so nasty. It was really gross. In eighth grade, I think one time they had the salmon burger. I'm like, oh, I'll try it. Took a bite of it. Blah. And the thing is, they give you two main entree choices and then you get your sides. So I was screwed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kimmy's like, no, DJ, don't worry about it. I got this. As she slip, pulls out a $20 bill, pops it in a brown brown bag sack like all right here she, she loves my lunches here's 20 bucks sweetie so each kid gets two turkey wraps because i saw her dj putting a ziploc bag of two turkey wraps in one bag so maybe they have a longer lunch period i think ours was like maybe half an hour maybe 45 minutes and DJ kind of scoffs at Kimmy, like, seriously, $20? You know lunch costs $4? $4? Okay, the prices have gone up. They've gone way up. But you probably get a lot more stuff and you have a lot more choices. When I got to high school, the coolest thing they had... So Max says, the reason I dress this way is because I get to pick out one of Comet Junior Junior's new puppies. And I like to dress sharp. No shame in that, Maxi boy. So now we move to Vanetta Middle School, where we enter the school hallway. Quinn, what are you doing? So Jackson waves to some friends. He knows, like, hey, catch you guys later. As he opens his locker, we see Mar Ramona sitting just outside a door to a classroom. And as Jackson's putting stuff into his locker, he turns and says, hey, Ramona, what's up? Why are you sitting there? She's like, I'm just fake texting so I don't look like a complete loser. And Jackson heads over to her side, and that's when we get a girl we will soon learn. Her name is Lola, and Jackson admits, like, hey, there's a girl kind of like, you should say hi to her. And Ramona's like, hey, and Lola does not even, her name is Lola, and she does not even look at Ramona like, hey, and some other girl in her group says, hey, and they all walk into class. I also noticed there is a security guard in the school hallway, which I believe we had something like that in high school. So Ramona's like, well, that just really really crappy um I really want to go hang out with my old friends at my old school so she and Jackson kind of devise a plan of how to get her out of there like hey I have my volcano I can create a distraction and there's a window right nearby that's actually it's just hanging open you can pop out there you'll be on your way 
Even though Ramona says this place is like Alcatraz or security guard, there is two girls talking to or flirting with a security guard that doesn't look that much older than those high school girls. And Jackson's like, hey, don't let this pretty face fool you. I am bad to the bone. As he uses his elbow to slam his locker shut. And in this instance, ends up banging his elbow. So we kind of reveal that Jackson is kind of klutzy, clumsy. He's got no mad skills, basically. All right, now we move to the next storyline, which is going to be Harmon Pet Care. So DJ brings Max to her work so he can pick out a puppy, even though he's got to get to school. And we have Janet or Janice, who is the front desk receptionist. She sees Max in his suit. She's like, oh, with the finger snaps, looking snazzy, Maxwell. And he's like, hey, that's what I was going for. So Max goes to head into the room where the puppies are, uh, but then he pulls out a piece of bologna and starts dabbing at his face with it. Like, oh, this will make the puppies like me that much more. Like, oh my goodness. Oh, throw that out. It probably smells. Even DJ and the receptionist are looking at Max like, okay, whatever, buddy. And Max is like, what dog could resist bologna cologne? I don't know if I would like that as a cologne. Oof. He puts it back in his pocket. Okay, now we get to this square cage on the floor with puppy wee-wee pads underneath, of course, because these puppies are going to pee and poop all over the place because they're not helps broken yet. I think there's like six puppies here. Oh, DJ comes in like, all right, I got to get you to school, so hurry up and pick one. DJ, this is a process. You can't just like, oh, I'll take this one. You have to... Max wants to do an interview process so that way he can make sure he's getting the right puppy. You have to be able to play with all the puppies, see which one you bond with, what like which one comes up to you. And so I've not picked out a wait, no, I did tell about that in the last episode about how I picked that puppy. Um it was a German Shepherd Black Lab mix. This one of course was the only I think maybe the only one that was a German Shepherd looking the others were a black lab which which is kind of funny because we got the puppy and then my aunt and uncle and their kids went to the same place and picked out a black lab puppy who they named butch and sadly butch i think he either ran away or got hit by a car i'm not sure but um and mine ran away so <laughs> yeah so Max lists his favorite things, which is oceanography and watermelon jelly ranchers. I like watermelon. You know they have a watermelon-flavored uh, cough drop by, um, is it Luden's, I think? There's an another brand, I think it's Smith & Bros. Cough Drops, that um, Jeremy's mom had some. I took a couple because of my cough. Um, and they were apple pie flavored and they were really good yeah you really don't taste like the menthol cough drop part but it's really really good so max is like lucky for you guys i like to drop a lot of food at the dinner table and then he's just breathing in the puppy scent he's like oh i love that puppy smell all oh, the puppy breath so dj leaves out the door and she's back in the receptionist area and her boss comes out. He does kind of resemble a Doc Brown, Christopher Lloyd type. 
with his hair kind of pulled back in a, either a ponytail or a man bun, kind of. And he just came out with a pot-bellied pig. That's what that... I thought one of those puppies was growling, but no, it turned out to be a pot-bellied pig. And the dog... Uh, her boss makes a lame joke. Oh, oh the pig's cholesterol is kind of high. You get it? Because he's bacon. Because he's... Uh, he, he makes a bacon and cholesterol joke. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a pot-bellied pig, isn't it? They're not raised for food, I didn't think. They're pets. All right, so coming in the door, we got Matt Harmon, who is Dr. Harmon's son. So Matt comes in, and DJ's like, oh, you're little Maddie? Because there's, like, a wall of, like, pictures of, like, animals, and then there's, I think, probably some of Matt when he's younger. And he's like, oh, yeah, my head finally grew into my ears, and I lost the braces. And the doctor makes a joke about how he was thinking, and like, oh, yeah, he had big floppy ears. I was thinking of trimming them like a Doberman, like... Okay. So Dr. Harmon lets DJ know that Matt is going to be filling in for him while he's away on vacay. She's like, he's like, oh, I told you about this. And DJ looks at him like, uh, no, you did not. So, of course, we know that Matt now is going to be a potential love interest for DJ. Their little meet cute goes off our okay a little bit. He makes a joke like, hey, maybe I'll let you scratch my belly. And she kind of looks at him like, what? It's like, oh, shoot, that was supposed to be come out cuter than that. Because his dad, like, was jokingly, like, scratching his belly, and Matt was, like, lifting his leg like a dog would do, like, if you rub their belly or scratch their belly. So, Dr. Harmon and Matt leave. DJ comes into the room with Matt, who, or with Max, who is now in the little cage with the puppies. It's like, yeah, you gotta get, you know, interact with them. It's best to be maybe inside. Oh my goodness, please tell me you're not sitting in a a little puddle of pee-pee. I mean, that, those puppy wee-wee pads are gonna soak that up. So I bet Elias Harger, who plays Max, had such a fun time playing with these puppies. And... DJ's like, Max, I gotta get you to school, buddy. Can you just pick a puppy so I can take you to school? That's when DJ's receptionist comes in and says, I need to take my pet, my dog to the uh, animal clinic. And DJ's like, you work in a clinic. And she's, and the receptionist is like, I can't afford your prices. And DJ's like, well, I'll give you a discount. And it's like, uh, no, I'm gonna take my dog to another clinic. Okay, her name is Janet, not Janice. So now we're put in a little bind because the receptionist is gone and it's not like D uh, Stephanie can, or DJ can take Max to school now because she'd be leaving her place unattended, which I don't think there's anyone waiting around at the moment to see the doctor, is there? All right, now we get to Stephanie's story. We have a lot of stories. <clears throat> we have Stephanie, we have Max, we have Ramona and Jackson's story, a lot of stories. So Stephanie is in a coffee shop. She's wearing one of those uh, baby jumper things that the baby <laughs> the baby sits in in front of the the person. <laughs> what is that called? A baby carrier? Is that it? Uh, I'm gonna I gotta look that up. Okay, I looked it up. It looks like it's basically a baby carrier. Okay, and this guy whose name we learn is Darren is making cutesy wootsy baby faces at baby Tommy. He's like crossing his eyes and puffing out his cheeks. Like that baby is, he's not interested. Like, eh, not impressed. 
So this guy is like, oh, what a cute baby. Does he look like you or your husband? And Stephanie's like, oh, I'm not married. Of course, this just makes Darren like Stephanie that much more because he's getting the impression that she is a single mother. So this guy's really into single moms. Like, oh, there's nothing sexier than a woman, single woman, raising a baby, trying to do it all. And Stephanie's like, oh, this is baby Tommy, which I carried in my stomach for, uh, what is it, nine, nine months? Like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. She's just rolling with this lie. So Stephanie orders a double chocolate muffin and a latte and also a bear claw. 1850, that's not bad. So that we should pretty much put those things at 816. 5, 10, 15, 6 bucks a pop. That ain't bad. So, of course, Stephanie, like, probably a good chunk of people. How many people carry cash on them? I really don't. She's got a slew of credit cards. Like, here you go. Here's a bunch of credit cards. Just go and work your way through the rainbow and see which one. And it turns out uh, she's still short. I don't know how much the limit is on those credit cards, but hey. So the cashier says seven cards later and you're still $4 short. Oh, man. That's not good. Why did you open so many credit cards, Steph? Stephanie gets a phone call from DJ who says, hey, my receptionist just flaked on me and just took off. Can you please come down? I will pay you. Just watch the place. So, Stephanie at first is like, I don't know, but then, of course, when she finds out she's $4 short on the bill, like, oh, you know what, on second thought, DJ, I will help you out. So, Stephanie's like, hey, I work uh, around the corner uh Harmon Pet Care, can I just pay you back later? And he's like, uh, no, you may not, as he hands uh, her the credit cards back. So, Stephanie says goodbye to Darren, and he's like, oh, okay, bye, Steph, bye, bye uh, uh, Tommy, and, of course, he... This bit continues as Tommy is again looking at the ceiling, probably at the boom mic, and Darren's like, why is he always looking at the ceiling? And Steph is like, I know, right? Isn't it crazy? So Ramon's like, all right, Jackson, what's the plan? Do I go through the air ducts? Do I tunnel out? How am I getting out of here? And Jackson's like, hey, right behind me, there's a window. The blinds are drawn. The window is open. You're basically just going to go through the window. And the teacher brings the class to attention, like, all right, Lola, you come up here, you tell us what your science project, they all made volcanoes. So I'm guessing this was a class assignment to make volcanoes, or all, they all decided to just make volcanoes. So Lola says this is it's a certain type of volcano, and she's like, which my mom, I mean, I made last night. So while uh, Lola is pretty much giving herself away that her mother made the project late last night, and uh, that her mother, it's the volcano was based on one in Hawaii that I went on, I mean, my mom, I mean, I went on my honeymoon. Like, okay. And we keep cutting back to uh, the teacher's expressions. Like, I am not buying any of this. You are surely going to get an F because you did not put any effort or any work into this. While we keep cutting back to Jackson, who is taking an eyedropper and putting some chemicals 
in a glass beaker, which then we see there is a puff of smoke, which causes a diversion as the kids all turn and look. And it's going to set off the smoke alarms, the fire alarms. We're going to get, it's going to start raining down, sprinkling from the ceiling. And apparently this water that falls down is erupting everybody's volcanoes. Everyone's volcanoes go off. So, of course, Ramona uses this time to get out the window. And we later find, as a security guard escorts her back in, that is where everybody goes to meet for a fire drill. Ugh. I hated doing those those fi fake fire drills. I remember one time, I was like, I think it was, like, after 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, and it was still, like, cool, it was, it was, like, early spring, so it was, like, maybe 35, 40 degrees. Didn't have coats on, because, well, they had to be in our lockers, and I'm just, like, let's, because they had to go through everybody and roll call, like, are you here, are you here, like, uh, let's get inside, so we can get inside. So the kids are getting out of there, as water is just spraying down, the teacher, of course, is using this as a, Example, like, while you're fleeing for your lives, look at how the H2O is affecting your volcanoes. Like, no, we're getting out of here. So, of course, Jackson tries to get out of the classroom. He almost slips on that water, on that floor. But luckily, the teacher catches him, like, you are in big trouble, Mr. Fuller. And Jackson is like, yeah, but I was just practicing a chemical reaction. Like you taught us to do. Of course, the teacher then sees the window where we get Ramona being shoved back in through that open window by a security guard. So now we cut back to Herman Pet Care. Max is still inside the little cage. We got... The puppies are pretty much all laying down at this point. Three of them appear to be sleeping. Two are interacting with Max. And one is chewing on its hip. Oh, this puppy's got his mouth right around Max's elbow. So Max, of course, will say, All right, I need one of you puppies to drop out of the running. Um, we don't have any stair... We don't have any... Uh, we don't have a pool. We don't have... We have a lot of stairs, and we're not allowed to watch Game of Thrones. We got another puppy that is laying down and chewing on the back of Max's suit jacket. Oh, my goodness. Like, okay, by this time... I don't know how much time has passed, but it's like... You haven't picked a puppy out yet. So now Stephanie comes through the door with baby Tommy in his stroller. Oh, there is somebody there with a uh, King Charles uh, Spaniel. Is that her? King Charles Spaniel, I think? Yeah. Apparently, Kimmy is supposed to come and take baby Tommy. And, st okay, Stephanie is going to run the reception desk while DJ is foreseeing her clients for the day. Gotcha. Alright. But then, of course, when Kimmy gets there, both she and DJ receive a phone call from the Van Anna Middle School saying Jackson and Ramona are in trouble. So we also have a pug dog, we have a King Charles Spaniel, and we have a putty cat. Stephanie's like, oh, when do I get paid? And DJ tells her, when you actually start working. And Stephanie is like, oh, well, you prepared to be bow, you prepared to be wowed, you prepared to be bow wowed, and you, kitty cat, prepared to be meowed. 
So this is where Kimmy comes in. Before she gets a phone call, she's like, I got to go. I'm triple parked. I got a tub of mayo that's going to melt and get make my car all stinky. She's got oysters. Basically, she's got all the stuff that's needed for this 100-year-old birthday, man's birthday party. Oh, it's not for the birthday party. Well, then she likes the oysters, I guess. This is where they get the call. All right. So Kimmy and DJ go to take care of Ramona and Jackson at school who got into trouble. And Kimmy's like, hey, at least they're doing stuff together now. They leave. Darren comes in and he's got the muffin, bear claw, and latte. He paid that four bucks that uh, Stephanie was short. That was nice of him. He didn't have to do that, but that was nice. This guy has got some muscles. He clearly must work out. He's got a really nice... um light beard going on. He's got like a pencil thin mustache, but it really, really works for him. So Stephanie's like, oh, that was so nice. You didn't have to do that for me. And she's like, oh, I wish there was something I could give you. And she grabs heartworm medication off the reception's desk. I'm like, here you go. And he takes it and he says this cheesy line like, oh, well, I am trying to worm my way into your heart. Like, oh my goodness. Oh, Darren. We cut to the doorway of the examination room where the puppies and Max are. He comes out with a puppy, and you're thinking, oh, this might be the one. But he's like, oh, this one's out of the running. Then he's like, oh, but look at that face. Okay, you're back in. He, Elias must have had the best time with these puppies. So Darren looks at Max like, oh, is this little guy yours too? And Stephanie's like, well, I don't know. How do you feel about moms with two kids? And Darren's like, I think it's even sexier than a mom with one kid. Like, oh, Darren, my goodness. So Stephanie shoes Max back into the examination room with the puppy. And then she takes a stroller and pushes baby Tommy into the examination room. Meanwhile, don't forget... There's still customers waiting to be seen by the veterinarian. They still have appointments. They would have left. They're not going to just sit there like, I guess I'll wait for the only veterinarian that's here to come back. No, just reschedule. But then again, they're going to vacate soon anyway when somebody brings in a skunk, which they mistake for a cat, which how could you possibly do that? Because they look nothing alike. This guy's like, oh, I found this uh, stray cat outside. Can I bring it in? And Stephanie's like, yeah, sure. And he just lets the skunk loose in this veterinary clinic. Of course, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's a, st a skunk. And they run out the door. Like, okay, well, she lost her customers. Probably for good. So back in the examination room, Max is back in the pen with the wire pen with the puppies. He's got two puppies that are licking his face. He's like, all right, the best licker wins, which is the one that he's got an arm around the back of its head as the puppy is licking his face. So I'm guessing this is going to be Cosmo. And I love how he says, he, he's conducting this like it's an interview. He's like, now if the winner cannot fulfill his doggy duties, you, 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 and you will be contacted. You'll be next in line to take his place. Okay, so this guy comes in. He's got a crazy head of wild, dark curls. It's like, my aunt found a stray cat in, in the alleyway. Do you stay, take stray pets? 
So I'm just kind of breaking this scene down. And Stephanie's like, oh, yeah, sure, we're a pet clinic. Yeah, but you're not an animal shelter. Not to mention, she didn't even look up when he was addressing her. He's like, oh, great. And then he kind of, like, waves the lady in. Stephanie's on her phone the whole time. Just, I'm going to text Darren. And the lady, who looks like she's probably in her 50s, brings in a skunk. Lady! What is wrong with you? You know that's a skunk. You don't know that's a skunk? Come on. And how has that thing not sprayed her? Unless it's somebody's pen that's been de-stinkified. Which it probably hasn't because it sprays all over the place. Stephanie finally looks up, sees the lady is holding a skunk. She's like, oh, except for skunks. Immediately, all three customers race out of the clinic with their pets in tow. Lady, she, this, and this lady is putting the skunk on the floor and it goes right into the examination room. Oh my goodness. So, DJ is now back. She walks in, sniffs the hair, air. That is going to be pungent. It is going to be so strong. She knocks on the exam room door, which is now shut. And she like, Stephanie. And Stephanie's like, oh, don't come in. I'm wrapping you a present. DJ comes in. We have two kiddie pools, three puppies each. They are filled with tomato juice, which I've heard, I don't think that actually works. Or there are better, cleaner methods of uh, de-skunkifying your dogs. We have these giant plastic barrels that look like they can hold a bazillion dog treats or, or dog food. Max is in one of these barrels by himself and it is filled to the brim with tomato juice. Stephanie's in the tomato juice in the other barrel with holding baby Tommy. So DJ's like, what happened? And Max is like, we were the victims of a drive-by skunking. And Stephanie's like, well, Google said that this was the best way to get the skunk smell off of us. And she's like, are you mad, DJ? And DJ's like, oh, no. You know what? She pulls out her phone. She's like, I am going to so post this on Facebook because it's just too funny not to. We get ama this amazing shot of the Bay Bridge at nighttime as the sun is setting. I am taking a picture of this because this is too beautiful not to take a picture of it. All right, now we come back to the house as Kimmy enters. We hear giggling. A couple girls come down the stairs. It's Ramona and her new friend, Lola, Jackson's crush. She's like, hey, Mom, look, this is my new friend, Lola. And Lola's like, oh, my gosh, you should have seen it. Two security guards escorted your daughter to the principal's office in front of everybody. Everybody was tweeting about it. And we cut to the couch where Jackson is playing on a, a game device, handheld game device, and he's just kind of rolling his eyes like, Ugh. of course, Jackson uses this excuse that Lola's in his house. Say, hey, Lola. Lola turns and glares at him and says, hey, you're that kid that ruined my volcano. Now my mom has to make a whole new one. Sweetie, everybody's volcanoes were ruined, not just yours. 
So Ramona is suspended for three days, and Lola says, when you come back, you'll sit at our table. We are right seated right next to the table of the future millionaires of Silicon Valley. So Ramona's like, see, Mom, I even made some new friends, and I'm suspended. I have three days off of school. And Kimmy hugs her, like, oh, see, I told you things would get better. <laughs> oh, oh, Kimmy. So... DJ comes in from the kitchen with a list of chores for Jackson to do. Mow the lawn, rake the leaves. Um, so I take it he's raking the leaves and then mowing the lawn? Uh, also, sync her iPad to her iPhone, which apparently that's saying that DJ's too old. She, she's 38 years old. Come on. She knows how to do that. Apparently, she doesn't know how to do it. Like, yeah, I don't know how to do that. Like, oh. It's just funny how it makes it seem like younger kids today are able to do things a lot faster than us oldies. Like, oh, my goodness. So, Kimmy's like, well, Ramona, we need to talk about your punishment. How about... I drive you to your old school so you can see your friends. And then Ramona's like, hey, do you think on the or after that we can go get mani-pedis? And Kimmy's like, no. How about we do that before and then you can show your friends your gorgeous nails? Like, oh, Kimmy, 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 that is not a punishment. Which DJ even says that, like, Kimmy, come with me. We need to have a parental chat about how to properly discipline your child, not reward them for bad behavior. So Jackson is like, Mom, are you seeing this? What is this? Why? And DJ's like, Kimmy, why are you rewarding bad behavior? That's not what you do. So she pulls Kimmy into the kitchen. DJ says, look, Kimmy, your bad parenting is undermining my good parenting. I need you to set an example. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a parent, so I don't know diddly about punishing kids. Yet, I was a child. I was punished. So, um... Kimmy admits she doesn't want Ramona to be angry with her. It's just she's trying really hard, you know, she wants her to be her friend more than, you know, just because of the whole thing with Fernando and them being separated and then Ramona had to move and switch schools. So it's like, don't worry, Kimmy, Ramona will respect you if you lay down the law. So what Kimmy decides to do, she takes... Jackson's list, rips it in half, hands it to Ramona, and says, both of you are doing these chores. So Kimmy says, I'm doing this because I love you, you need boundaries, and she says, uh, rules and lemons. But DJ's like, no, not lemons, limits. Like, yeah, basically, Ramona, you cannot just walk all over your mother and just extort her for all of this cool stuff and letting you get away with whatever just because your parents are separated. You cannot do that. Alright, Max brings in the new puppy and I'm gonna play this clip because he officially names the puppy. There is no let's all decide what the puppy's gonna be called. He has already picked out the name since this puppy will be his. Okay, everybody. <laughs> I'd like to introduce the newest member of the family. Cosmo T.D. Fuller. T.D. stands for the dog. Hi, Cosmo. Oh, that's my date. Cosmo T. 
T.D. Fuller, which stands for Cosmo the Dog Fuller. There's a ringing at the door, and who could that be? Why, it's Darren. He and Stephanie are going on a date. And he's like, well, who are all these people? <laughs> now she's got to come up with a fun, fun explanation. So Darren's like, oh, wow, you have more kids, because you already see Tommy and Max, but then there's two older kids. Like, oh, Stephanie's like, yeah, that's Jackson and Ramona, the twins. And Jackson and Ramona look at each other like, wait, who? what? And D, uh, Stephanie refers to DJ and Kimmy as the housekeeper and the au pair. Hmm, interesting. Well, she swung that pretty well. <laughs> he seems to believe it. Darren cleans up good. Not that he didn't look good before, but he's got a nice um, blaze, black blazer on with a burgundy-colored shirt underneath. Very nice, Darren. You clean up well. Stephanie kind of gives her this, like, au pair, take the kids upstairs, get them ready for bed, have them brush your teeth. And, um, the, the other one, you can stay out of the liquor cabinet, bye-bye. And they're all like, bye, Mom. And Matt, Max is like, bye, Mommy. And DJ just looks over at him in surprise and just smiles. Like, oh, my gosh. My kids, I tell you. All right, it's time for my segments. The first one is going to be the line of the episode. And I think I'm going to go with Jackson's line and uh, Stephanie's line after where Jackson says, I've been up all night erupting my volcano. And Stephanie's like, dude, TMI. I just thought that was funny. The lesson learned from this episode, I think I'm going to go with do not bring... We all know what skunks are. We're not dumb. We know what they can do if they get freaked out or just in a way they need to protect themselves. They're going to spray you. That's what happens. Don't bring it into a vet clinic thinking, hey, it's a cat. There we go. I'll drop it off. Like, No, don't do that. That's stupid. Also, another lesson learned. Um, just because you are having a hard time getting used to a new school, don't think that you're just going to up and ditch. Because nowadays, that parent will get a phone call, just like DJ and Kimmy did. You will get into trouble, and it's not going to end well. The last thing you want to do, being in a new school, you do not want to blip, um, blip like that on your record. Come on now. No one wants that. Just give it time, you'll make friends, you'll find your people, you'll find your niche. Just give it time. Just everything needs a little legit, you know, take time for adjustment. Everything needs adjustment, so. All right, time for best and worst outfit of the episode. For best outfit, first place goes to Max and his amazing suits. Runner-up, I'm giving it to Lola. I really, really like that faux fur um, vest that she's got on. It's really pretty. And it goes great with her um, long-sleeved shirt that she's wearing. Now for what I consider the worst. I mean, Kimmy's got some awesome or outrageous outfits, I'm not going to lie. This one, however, was a bit weak. I liked the belt. 
I like that the belt went with her, her purse. That was cute. I'll give her that, but the shirt, mm, it, it wasn't one of her better ones. So I will post that on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook so you guys can see. Uh, along with this amazing, beautiful night shot that they have here of the bridge. So the next episode I will be talking about since we're kicking off May next week. We're going to take it back to Season 6, Episode 22 of Full House, Prom Night. This episode aired on May 4th, 1993. This episode's got a 7.3 rating. As DJ prepares for prom, she fears that Steve may have resurfacing feelings for his old girlfriend, Rachel. On the big night, DJ realizes that her suspicions may be accurate as Rachel tries to get Steve to escort her to an after party at the hotel. Meanwhile, plot B, Danny obsesses over the newly discovered age difference between Vicky and himself. She's got a year or so, not even a year, what, nine months that she's a little older? So what? Danny, swallow your pride and move on. So yes, the month of May is going to be proms and graduations. Look forward to that. All right. So for those of you that aren't interested in, if you don't like to read, if you're not big on book reviews, then if you want to cut off here, that's cool. Because I'm going to just talk about a book that I just finished listening to last night. It's not a long review. It's going to be real quick. Let me bring it up here. And this book is available on audio or audible um, and physical format, depending on however you want to read it. I really like the narrator, thought it was good. The book is entitled Where the Heart Is, which I'm happy I did not look at the book cover because that would have given away a lot. This book is by Joe Knowles, and another book of hers that I absolutely love that I highly recommend, which I will talk about in a moment, is See You at Harry's. You listen to the audiobook, I swear, you are going to break down in tears. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, here's a synopsis for Where the Heart Is. No, this book is not based on the movie Where the Heart Is that stars Ashley Judd and... Um, the heck is her name? Oh my goodness, I've forgotten it. Natalie Portman. That is such a good movie. It came out, actually, it came out like 20 years ago. Beautiful, beautiful movie. If home is where the heart is, what would happen if you lost it? Compassion and humor infuse the story of a family caught in financial crisis and a girl struggling to form her own identity. It's the first day of summer and Rachel's 13th birthday. She can't wait to head to the lake with her best friend, Micah. But as summer unfolds, every day seems to get more complicated. Her quote-unquote fun new job, taking care of the neighbor's farm animals, quickly becomes a challenge, whether she's being pecked by chickens or having to dodge a charging pig at feeding time. At home, her parents are more worried about money than usual, and their arguments over bills intensify. Fortunately, Rachel can count on Micah, or Mika, I think it's Mika, to help her cope with all the stress. But Mika seems 
to want their relationship to go beyond friendship, and though Rachel almost wishes for that too, she can't force herself to quote-unquote feel that way about him. In fact, she isn't sure she can feel that way about any boy or what that means. Yes, we are now living in an age where kids don't necessarily have to choose one way or the other when it comes to attraction of same sex or opposite sex. You can be what it also there's a gender fluid. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but it's good that we're not putting these labels on kids like this that they can choose who they want to be when they want to be it and when they're sure that we're not forcing that upon them. That's that's really good. Um another thing, um yeah, this definitely I rated this a 4 out of 5. I really liked it, but I think I was getting a little bogged down with um, Rachel's attitude. And she has a little sister named Ivy, who... Ivy's 8 years old, and, you know, she's going to be a, act like a pest here and there. And it really, for those people out there that have been through a financial struggle, or say they've grown up in a situation similar to Rachel and Ivy's... They get, you know, parents fight, they argue about money and stuff like that. So, you know, you should surely can identify with this girl and what she's going through. Also, someone who's, you know, or, or any age, really, if you're going through something like this of trying to figure out, you're at that pivotal age of being 13, you're not a kid anymore, you're a teenager, you're having all these feelings. You don't know, do you like boys, do you like girls? Her whole family is like, oh, you and Micah should get married because in the beginning of the book, it takes us right into the past when Rachel and Mika are like six years old and they do a fake marriage on the playground. And ever since then, the parents always tease like, oh, when are you and Micah going to really get married? And oh, he's such a nice boy and we can see you with him down the road and everything like that. So it was a good book. I really, really recommend it. I really enjoy it. I want to talk real quick about See You at Harry's, which is also available as a physical book and an audiobook. I recommend the audiobook, indefinitely. See You at Harry's. This also does have, I don't know if this is an author's theme throughout her books. I've only read a couple of her books. But um, there is a, a underlining, I guess if you want to say gay theme, homosexual theme, however you want to word it. Starting middle school brings all the usual challenges until the unthinkable happens, and Fern and her family must find a way to heal. Twelve-year-old Fern feels invisible. It seems as though everyone in her family has better things to do then pay attention to her. Mom, when she's not meditating, helps Dad run the family restaurant. Sarah, who is 19, is taking a gap year after high school. And Holden pretends that Mom and Dad and everyone else doesn't know he's gay. Even as he fends off bullies at school. Then there's Charlie, three years old. A surprise baby. From the center of everyone's the center of everyone's world. He's devoted to Fern, but he's annoying too. Always getting his way, always dirty, always commanding attention. If it wasn't for Ran, 
firm's calm and positive best friend, there be nowhere to turn. Rand's mantra, all will be well, is soothing in a way that nothing else seems to be. And when Rand says it, Fern can almost believe it's true. But then, tragedy strikes and Fern feels not only more alone than ever, but also responsible for the accident that has wrenched her family apart. All will not be well, or at least all will never be the same. I cannot say, I rated this a 5 out of 5. I there's I can say nothing bad about this book. It is amazing. I've listened to it twice. The first time I listened to it was like a year ago and I listened to it again. I still get choked up. And it still brings me to tears. Guys, listen to this book. If if you, It's really short. It's only like five hours. And it's just so beautiful. Both the books are great. But See What Harry's is an experience is all I'm going to say with that. So those are my book recommendations. I highly, like I said, if you like to read, check them out. Even if you don't, just the books are short. They're like five to six hours. You can listen to it in a couple days or, or just over a period of time. It's just, it's great. So, that being said, I will be back next week with Fuller House, or Full House Season 6 Prom Night. So, look forward to that next week. And we'll be welcoming a new month, May. All right. Have a great evening, everybody. Bye-bye.